This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast with Cornell Schreiber, session number one. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell here, and welcome to the very first episode of the Build Wealth Canada podcast. And in this first episode, what we're going to do is really just talk about what this podcast will cover and what you can expect to get out of it if you listen to all the future episodes. And really, what we're going to focus on in this podcast series is really three key pillars. The first being money management, how to become a master of money management, and really utilizing that to get out of debt in the quickest amount of time possible. And then once you get out of debt, how to actually manage your money effectively so that you can strategically allocate it accordingly to the best investments for you. So that's the very first pillar. The second pillar that we're going to focus on has to do with investments. I mean, if you've already started investing or thinking about investing, as you know, there are a lot of options out there. There's a lot of conflict of interest in the different industries as well. It's frankly very overwhelming, even for people who are actually educated in that field. So that's something that we're going to talk about a lot as well, really just to demystify the the different myths out there and also just to let you feel a bit more comfortable making investments making sure that you don't get had by a lot of the really bad investment advice that is out there and the last but definitely not least pillar that we're going to focus on is about earning money on the side with your hobby which really in my opinion has a lot to do with personal finance as well a lot of us have our day-to-day jobs a lot of us have hobbies as well and really in this day and age we can it's it's really easier than ever to be able to monetize our hobbies so that it does generate extra income for us whether it, and then i mean we can use that income however we want we could use it to pay off our debts quicker we can use it to invest or it can be basically a source of fun money for us that we can use to go on vacations and then buy the things that we'd like uh, and then meanwhile using our you know day-to-day income for our day-to-day expenses so those are really the three key pillars that we're going to be focusing on in this podcast and so let's let's go into each one of them in a little bit more detail starting off with the money management piece so really what we're going to be focusing on is really showing you the best practices in money management and also how to get rid of debt in the fastest time possible. Now, when I talk about debt, I'm not just referring to what most people think of when they think of debt, which is sort of the typical consumer debt where, you know, we use our credit cards and we buy electronics and and toys and, you know, things of that nature. And then, you know, we're in debt before we know it and we're paying really high interest rates. So, I mean, that's, you know, we're definitely going to be tackling that because oftentimes those are the, the most highest interest type of debt out there. But we're also going to be talking about how to pay off your mortgage quicker or any other debt that you may have, whether it's car payments or student loans, for example. So basically how to become debt-free in every single way in the quickest time possible. And really, when it comes to money management and paying off debt, these two really do go hand 
in hand. If you are managing your money effectively, if you know where your money is going, you know how to utilize it properly, that really gives you the tools to pay off your debt in the quickest amount of time possible. And once you've paid off that debt, you have the ability to invest a lot more money uh, so that you can retire early or you know spend it on maybe some of the other things you'd like to do, certain experiences or things like that, maybe some favorite charities you'd like to donate to, etc. So you know we'll we'll talk about these best practices both from my own perspective as well as uh, different experts in the field. We'll definitely have some experts on the show as well sharing with you what they recommend, and as well I'll share with you some of the tools, techniques, and different strategies when it comes to mastering managing your money and paying off your debt and just to give you a bit of a background as to where I'm coming from when it comes to all of this my wife and I actually hit a pretty big milestone last year in that right after turning 29 we became mortgage free and we had no other debt as well so you know no student debt no car debt no no consumer debt no no debt at all plus we had our mortgage fully paid off which we I later learned is actually a pretty rare thing. When I looked into this a lot more and saw what the average debt is in Canada for most Canadians, and when I you know hear these stories about people being in their 40s, 50s, 60s, still paying their mortgage, and I also came across some articles too that are actually published in a newspaper of these big, big accomplishments these big highlighting, these really successful individuals who were able to become mortgage-free in their 30s, which is which is great. I mean, it's fantastic, but that's kind of when it really hit me that, well, I think, you know, we're, we're onto something here because we were able to do this, you know, in our, in our high 20s, right? Uh, that's, that's something that's, that's even more rare, I think. And so really, I wanted to share with you the different experiences, uh, the different practices uh, that basically I employed to be able to do that. And what actually happened is that right after turning 29, we became mortgage-free, but actually at 28 is actually when I had all of the money ready to go to pay off the mortgage fully. Uh, So it was just before I turned 29. So actually, technically, at 28, we became mortgage-free. I had that money in my account ready to go. Um, But just after my I turned 29, that's when everything officially happened. Uh, Because obviously, as you can imagine, certain things have to happen before you pay off your mortgage. You know, you have to transfer the money. There's all these confirmations that go in. So finally, you know, when I had the actual documents in my hands saying we were mortgage-free, it was just after turning 29. Um, so that, I mean, that to me is, is fantastic. And really, it's been quite a life changer, but both uh, sort of in a physical sense, because you're no longer worried about money at all. Um, but also very much from on a psychological level too, because when a really interesting thing happens when you have no debt at all, um, including having your mortgage paid off. What it does is it really destroys any sort of fears or worries that you have about money. It's it's just very liberating, to say the least. Uh, for example, just, just to give you an example here, uh, my wife, uh, at the time of this recording, actually uh, works at BlackBerry. And if you've been following BlackBerry, they haven't been doing very well. There's been a lot of layoffs and, and, and just a lot of people losing their jobs. And I imagine that's extremely stressful for people, not just for people working at BlackBerry, but if you work for any company where there's layoffs and, and you see people getting fired. I mean, it's 
it, it, it messes with you a little bit, right? It gets in your head and you start worrying and, you know, so I'm enjoying life. You're wondering, well, what happens if I get fired tomorrow, right? Um, so in our case, I mean, despite all these people losing their jobs, despite her being on the, you know, the chopping block, as far as I know, I mean, I had no way of knowing, we didn't really worry about it at all. If she got laid off, we, I mean, we had these conversations and it didn't really, it wasn't that significant. I mean, it, it would have been an inconvenience if she got laid off because, well, we'd have to, find a new job for her and you know it, that's time we would rather spend doing something else sure so it's an inconvenience right uh, we'd rather go on vacation instead than you know help her with her resume and all but I mean ultimately it, it you know it was no big deal I mean we get the severance we, we don't have to worry about the money we don't have the you know well over a thousand dollars coming out uh, every month to pay off a mortgage or to pay for rent so I mean it puts you in this really stress-free, liberating situation, which is really, really nice. Um, What's also really nice about being debt-free is that you really stop worrying about things like the economy, like the interest rates, or, oh, you hear about a planned closure and what might happen. And I mean, you know, it's a lot of these things, bad things happen and, and they are unfortunate, but it no longer stresses you out. You no longer worry, well, what if my, you know, the interest rates go up and what if I can't, you know, pay keep paying my debts because the interest rates have gone up too much, right? What 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 happens? I mean, you don't have to worry about that anymore because you have no debt. Uh, so it's it's nice. It's very very nice, and like I said, very liberating. And also, once you are debt free, you can save for retirement very very quickly. And what's also great is that once you're debt free, you are able to afford a lot more things, frankly. Now, you obviously have to be careful. You don't want to sort of do these bad things where, you know, now you go out and you go lease a Ferrari or something ridiculous like that um, because, hey, I'm that free now. I can do these things. I mean, you know, you want to you want to still, you know, not sat, not destroy these best these practices you've been employing to help you get that free in the first place. But it is nice if you do want to, let's say, experience something in particular, right? Uh, and not too long ago, I remember I went uh, you know, skydiving and that was, uh, that was something. And I mean, you know, those things are, that's kind of an expensive experience, but it's something that some people would like to do, uh, try out. Um, and, you know, maybe you're a bit more conservative than that. Maybe you would like to go and, and I don't know, go rent a cottage somewhere and spend that time with your family. I mean, these are certain experiences, certain things that you have a lot more leeway now. You can afford a lot more now because you are debt free. Um, and you're not paying for those things with debt. So, you know, really, really, I mean, if, if I'm, uh, hopefully, you know, just by just giving you some of those examples, I really hope that you're excited about just or, or see the value of being debt-free, not just from the obvious perspective of having more money, but also on the psychological level of, you know, the stress reduction, the, you know, you can focus on the things you really want to focus now because you have that freedom because you're, you don't have these shackles of, of debt on you, basically. And it's really worth mentioning that this is something that you can definitely do. This isn't some sort of rocket science that, I don't know, you need an MBA from Harvard or, or something like that to figure all of this out. It really isn't all that complicated. It does take some discipline and it does take a few key skills that you are going to have to learn and develop. And if you do those you will find that this is all actually very, very achievable. In fact, a lot of it really comes down to three key things. And none of those three things require you to actually make a giant substantial income. You don't need an extremely high income to be able to do any of this. And so I'll share these different components with you and how you can apply them as well in the next podcast episode. But for now, 
imagine whatever you have right now that's going towards, let's say, rent or that's going towards paying off your mortgage. So let's say, I don't know, $1,000, $1,300. I mean, obviously, this depends where you live, but let's say it's $1,000, right? Let's let's be conservative here. Imagine having an extra $1,000 in your bank account that you can spend or, or invest or just utilize however you wish. That's a pretty nice position to be in. That's that's kind of that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's a lot of money every month that you can now use however you see fit. To me, that's a very attractive goal, and that's really what got me motivated to to get rid of our mortgage as quickly as possible so that we are able to be in a position like that. So, I mean, hopefully those kind of examples really really demonstrate how liberating it is both you know at a psychological level and also at a sort of in a physical world how, how nice it is to not be in debt and, and have that extra sort of cash flow every month so if you're not there yet and, and you do have some debt whether it's you have a mortgage or you have some consumer debt or student debt or car debt really any sort of debt at all one of the goals of this podcast is really to teach you the things and help you in such a way that you can get out of that debt in the quickest way possible. And I'll be sharing my own experiences and techniques and best practices that I've used uh, to become mortgage-free at such an early age. And also, I will have different experts in as well that I'll be interviewing, asking questions, picking their brains a bit to see what they recommend. Maybe they have certain tactics that would work really well for you as well. So definitely, if you are still in debt, this is really a podcast that you will get a lot out of. Now, if you're not in debt at all, or you have some you know little debt, but you want to learn learn certain other areas as well. I mean, we're going to be talking about best practices in money management, and I mean, this is something that transfers over when you're in debt and when you're not in debt. So when you're in debt, you use money management to get out of debt as quickly as possible. You use those best practices then. When you're not in debt, then it gets into okay. Well, I have this money now. What do I do with it? So that's where we get into our second pillar that I'm going to be focusing on a lot in this podcast series, and that is the subject of investments. All right, so pillar number two, investments. Now that we have this money that we can use however we see fit, because once again, from pillar one, we are being masterful with how we're managing our money. We've paid off our debt or you know we have a good plan as to how to do that. We're implementing it. Well, now, once we have all this money, The next phase is, well, how do we invest the money? Should we be investing it? Well, of course. I mean, we can't all work forever. We are going to need somewhat of a nest egg. I don't know of any particular job where you can just keep working until you're, I don't know, 92. Uh, Maybe one exists, but I don't think that's most of us. (laughs) So we do want to make sure that we do definitely put some money away and invest it appropriately. Now, what is what is our goal? That's really the the big question to ask here. Um, our goal of this podcast, when it comes to investments, is to be able to give you the knowledge so that you will have the financial means to be able to do what you want when you want. Okay, so I'll say that again. Our goal, when it comes to this podcast and investments, is to give you the knowledge that the tools and I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sell you investments or anything like that. It's to give you the knowledge so that you can go out there and you can make the right investments for you so that in the future, you will have the financial means to be able to do what you want 
when you want. Okay, now this goal, it's it's different for every person. The, the end result that you're trying to receive is different. So when I say do what you want when you want, well, some of us would like to retire very early, right? Just not work at all, okay? And, and that's fine. And so we have to plan for that, right? Other people like me are are weird and just like to work. We, we like to work. We find it intellectually stimulating. We would get bored if we were on a beach for weeks on end. And we just like to work for, you know, I guess it's the way we're wired. I don't know. But that's that's me, for example, right? So in my case, right, I don't necessarily want to retire early per se, but I would like the ability to take off as much time from work if I want to. So if I want to go with my family and, and do a trip somewhere or go do something, I have the ability to do that when I want for as long as I want and have the ability to work on what I want when I want, right? So, I mean, in, in our, it's a bit of a different sort of retirement uh, mentality, right? Is it's not, I want to stop working completely. I just want the freedom to be able to work on what I want when I want. So if I want, if there's a certain project that I, interests me that I like, I want to be able to do that. I don't want to have someone say, you have to go, no, you have to go work on this project because, you know, I'm your boss and this is what I'm telling you to do. And if you want to keep your job, you basically have to do this thing. So, I mean, that's that's my goal personally. And I'm sure there's some people that can, some listeners here that, that can relate to that. And, and that might be you. Or you just want to fully retire, which like I said, is fine with me. Either way, you know, your investments, you can modify them and invest strategically so that you can achieve that goal. Now, just as a kind of a side uh, tangent here, what's, what's interesting is I remember 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss where he mentioned this. Uh, and he, he brought up the concept of uh, mini retirements, which I thought was really, really interesting. I, I don't know if that's the exact, can't remember if that's the exact term he used, but it was kind of, it was really a big paradigm shift for me in the sense that instead of having this end goal of retiring, well, what if you try to structure your life now in such a way so that you're actually enjoying your work, you're enjoying your life, you know, you're doing what you want to do instead of just holding back and, oh, one day, one day I'll be able to fully retire and finally be happy, right? That's, I don't want to wait <laughs> that long, right? That's that We would all like to be happy now. So that, I think, is an interesting way. So instead of, you know, saving up for this big end day of your work, to instead set up your life and structure your life and your work in such a way that you can take these mini retirements. So you, you take a certain amount of time off, you know, it could be longer than, than the typical you know, two-week vacation or whatever the case may be, and go and, and you do what you want. Then you come back and you can, you know, you come back and you're still working and you're working on what you like and, and in a job that you love. So personally, that's more of a type of a lifestyle that I would like to have. And if you haven't ever heard of this before or have never considered it before, uh, you know, this this might be quite the quite the paradigm shift for you. And I mean, I think it's it's at least worth considering uh, to to do it that way as opposed to having the more traditional retirement. Not to say that one form is better than the other. And realistically, at the end of the day, eventually, we're all going to have to take a full the more full-blown retirement, just because when we're in our 90s, we're probably not going to be able to work uh, as well as we are able to work right now. And so we do still need to prepare financially, no matter which sort of lifestyle we choose to pursue, so that when we are at that older age, we're not 
dependent on others. We're not a drain on others. And we are able to sustain ourselves successfully and not live a life of poverty, which frankly, you know, it's pretty scary when I hear about how little some people actually have saved up for retirement and, and are hitting some of these uh, older ages already. Um, so that's, that's just something to think about. Uh, just as a side note too, Anything I mentioned, for example, in this case, I mentioned the, the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And in the future, I'll be mentioning more sort of resources that are useful, tools that I personally use that I find beneficial. Really anything that I think could be of value to you. Uh, I'll be posting all of that, the show notes, plus all those different resources, tips, tricks on the show notes for the particular episode. And so in this case, to get the show notes for this particular episode, just go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash one. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash one. One being the show number. So next week, when I shoot another episode of this podcast, it will be the show notes for that episode will be at buildwealthcanada.ca slash two. And so that's kind of a nice, easy way where you can basically get everything because I realize you might be driving right now or you, you know you don't have a pen, uh, paper handy. So this way, you know, you can just remember to go there and get all the show notes, download any sort of materials I may be giving away or, or any sort of... Uh, references or anything like that. So that's just kind of a little aside that I wanted to make sure you know about. All right, so really moving on, when it comes to investments, we're still investments, we're still on the second pillar. The other really big thing is there are a lot of options when it comes to investing, a lot. And to the point where it's actually ridiculously overwhelming. I mean, let's take a look at it. There's uh, real estate investing, there's mutual funds, there's index funds, there's ETFs, commodities, real estate investment trust. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And it's uh, it can be very overwhelming, frankly. And as we know, generally, just as human beings, when we have too much information, when it is information overload, when we're not sure really how to proceed next, when we're not sure what the next action is that we're supposed to take, what generally happens, and and I mean, studies have shown this over and over again, is that we just don't do anything, actually. So despite having all this information available to us these days, having too much of it can actually be a detriment because we it's just too much. We say, okay, well, let's put it off. I'll, I'll look into this some more later. And we just kind of leave it uh, to the side. And so that's obviously a very dangerous, dangerous thing to do. I mean, we can't just put off investing for retirement, saving for retirement. We can't just put that off to the side forever. I mean, eventually we're going to hit that age. And the more, the more you wait, the harder it's going to be to save the right amount of money for your retirement. So uh, this is one of the definitely one of the big, big goals I have for this particular podcast is to basically be very transparent and to show the pros, cons of the different investment options, what the different experts are saying, uh, and really making it easier for you so that you can decide what types of investing is correct for you and basically the goal is to not to make it so that you're not overwhelmed i'm not overwhelmed that's you know fairly straightforward and that we can make a good educated decision on our investments based on what we learn in this podcast and so i'll be showing sharing some insights with you that that i have for example i do invest in in real estate right now Uh, we have some invest other investments as well so i can show you uh, with you my own personal experience but at the same time there are many many different experts 
in this field in different types of investing. And so I will be bringing other experts on in onto the show and get their take and pick their brains a bit and find out what it is they're recommending. You know, who are these investments right for? How do we actually do it? And, and I mean, that's that's really a huge, huge thing. I mean, just to give you an idea too, as an aside, um, when I first got into the whole investing thing, it was overwhelming for me as well. And I don't have sort of the average background. My background is actually in business. Uh, I went to uh, Wilfrid Laurier University and I took the business co-op program there, which I know at the time it probably still is one of the best business schools in the country. And so even still, you know, I'm not saying this as a bragging thing or anything like that, but just, just to prove the point that despite going to one of these top business schools, I still found it bit overwhelming with all the different investing that options that exist. And I just couldn't help but think, well, if I'm running into this, if I'm feeling this particular way, then how is everyone else feeling who didn't study business for their entire life? I can only imagine how overwhelming all of this can be because I mean I got I got overwhelmed right should I buy another house uh, another real investment property should I do you know get some ETFs should I be doing you know like stock picking instead and just listening to different analysts uh, right index funds should I be doing that I mean and you know which types I mean there's just so many questions it's just it's just wild and there's a lot a lot of people who make a lot of money basically giving you information, telling you what to invest in, where they have huge, huge conflicts of interest, where they won't necessarily advise you on the best thing for you. They will advise you on what they're kind of told to advise you on. So if they're making a very, I mean, if you're trying to sell someone something, a certain investment product, let's say, like a mutual fund, and if I'm working for a particular company and they say, Cornell, if you if you get people to buy this particular one here, we will give you a higher commission because this is our fund. This is what, what one that we manage and we make a lot more money off this. And because we make a lot more money off this, if you sell our fund, we will give you a higher commission. And then now I go back and I'm trying to you know, advise someone, right? Uh, I, you know, on what the investments they should have. Well, I, there's now a huge conflict of interest there now, right? I'm, I'm telling you to invest in something that maybe isn't the best for you. I mean, what you're investing depends a lot on so many different things, right? There's your, your risk tolerance, your age. There's kind of where you have things invested already because you want to diversify. So, I mean, there's just all these different things. But, you know, when someone has a financial interest in just selling you something so that they themselves make more money, I mean, that's a huge flag right there. And so that's one of the things that I want wanted to also expose in this podcast because there are so many conflict of interests and it it uh, it's quite frustrating and when you talk to some of the people that have been in the business and you listen to them I mean you you get that sense as well where it's just it's just it's not very fair you know because uh, you know the typical Canadian doesn't read personal finance books for fun isn't highly educated on all these different industries and the business models they use to make money and so it's it, it can be it can be easy to be deceived by some of these individuals. Uh, and it's not because, you know, the average person isn't smart or anything like that. 
It's just that these people in these organizations are very, very good at what they do. They're just very good at sales. They're very good at marketing. They're, they make their livelihood trying to persuade people that their investments are the best way to go. And so that's somewhere where I really, really want to sh- shine some light just so that you know you don't invest your hard-earned dollars into something that is not right for you. I mean, it could result in you getting a horrible return on your money because of all the extra fees you're paying, uh, as is the case for many mutual funds, for example, or or it could be you losing all your money because someone gives you a certain hot tip or gives you a certain investment opportunity and you and, and they kind of sell you on it and you don't really know what what minds to not step on when it comes to that and you know what well, it worked well for them but maybe it didn't work well for you and you lose a lot of your money and now you know you can't retire so i mean there's just there's so many ways and so that's something that i really want to talk to about about on this podcast and bring experts in that can shed some light and help educate uh, us as Canadians because frankly we we don't really learn this in, in schools I mean even when I was in university I took a personal finance course and this was a fourth year business university course fourth year you know where and I'm, I remember thinking okay well this is great I'm thrilled that they're offering this it's nice to finally learn about you know how to do my taxes and what to avoid and investments and things like that and retirement planning, but I, I'm a fourth year business student. I mean, th- th- this is something that everybody should be taught, right? And so that's, you know, that I think this podcast, I'm, I'm really hoping for it to be a way to to help others who might have not necessarily, uh, you know, had the luxury of, of, of getting educated at a certain business school or, or, or don't want to read novels uh, or like dozens and dozens of personal finance books you know like I, I will do that for you and be I already have and 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 be the number one source hopefully uh, for these different types of things um, so anyways moving on that's just really what what we'll be covering as far as the investments pillar goes and the third and final pillar which definitely isn't the the last because it's it's the worst it's actually one that I'm extremely passionate about has to do with earning money on the side with your hobby and this might seem a bit of an off topic subject perhaps because so far the other two pillars it's very much talking about personal finance right and how to to deal with your money manage it how to invest it but these days earning money on the side with your hobby something that you're you're passionate about that you love that you don't actually perceive as work is is easier than ever. It really, really is. It's it's unbelievable how much technology has progressed and how accessible it is now to people these days. For example, I'm very passionate about personal finance, investing, and having an online business. Let's say, right? That's those are things that I'm pretty really passionate about. Well, now I'm recording this podcast, and anybody can listen to this podcast. I mean, anybody in the world can do this. That's not something that was very easily attainable in the past. I mean, in the past, if I wanted to, you know, have a radio show, let's say, I guess that would be the closest possible option. I would have to, I don't don't even know where I would start. I mean, try to network, I guess, with people in the radio industry and and try to, I don't know, give them some samples. I mean, you know, of how I would do a show and hopefully they think it's good enough and they put me on you know, at like two in the morning and hopefully I get somehow recognized for that. And I mean, it's just, it that would be rough. It would be very, very rough. And the chances of success are a lot lower. Um, whereas, and, and I mean, try doing that as a side thing too, right? I mean, good luck. So now it's, it's completely possible, right? It's completely possible to do. And I realized that 
perhaps you don't want to do a podcast. I mean, that's just one example that I'm using here, but you can have your own site. You can shoot really good videos for very little price these days. You can create a blog and monetize your passion that way. There's so many different ways. And this is just something that you can do and enjoy it and make side income from it that you can then use however you see fit, whether it's because you want to, you want to use it to pay off your debt quicker, let's say, or you want to use it to buy investments, or maybe you just want that side business to basically use it for fun money, right? Just just so you can use, you have some money coming in that you can use on, to go on vacation, to buy sort of the consumer items that make you happy that or the experiences that make you happy. And so that your day-to-day job, that, that can go towards paying off your mortgage and you know saving for retirement, and then, but all your fun money comes from your side business that you really enjoy. So when it comes to earning money on the side, really the way I look at it is that there are two different kinds. There is the active income side and there is the passive income side. Now the active income is something like freelancing. So for example, graphic design. If you're a graphic designer, you might have your day job, but then you might do some graphic design on the side. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can sell your services online potentially even charge higher rates than what you're getting paid at your job but maybe you want to keep your job because it gives you you know some stability right maybe they give you benefits things like that there could be a lot of reasons but i mean that's that's one way right or if you're into video production or if you're an expert in something you can offer your consulting services on whatever it is that you're an expert in maybe you're an artist and you would like to sell your art right so that's that's more active income you actually have to definitely put in the hours like uh, like if you're an artist you have to paint the painting and then you sell it right so if you don't paint a painting you don't get paid it's it's the way that it works so that's more of the active income side now i will have guests on this podcast that can definitely talk to you about that i personally right now i'm not a freelancer or anything like that i focus more on the passive income way to make money on the side so i'll go over that in just a second but the active income is something that i will have answers in because that is very appealing to a lot of people and um, you know if you love graphic design or you know i don't know maybe you record audiobooks or i don't know there could be so many things you'd like to do and you just want to contract out your services do them on the side and have a lot of fun doing it and the money you make from that you want to use to take you and your significant other out on a vacation let's say i mean it's it's great so that's definitely an option all right, so then your other option that you have, if you're not going to do more of an active income approach, is to do a more passive income approach. And when I say passive income, I'm not talking about the kind of income you make by, let's say, buying a stock and then the company issuing dividends and so you get paid in dividends. Or let's say you purchase some sort of investment where they pay you interest. So you're basically loaning money out to someone and they're giving you interest. So that's that's passive as well, right? Because you're putting money away and you're getting money back your money's basically working for you without you having to physically be there at a job for example trying to make that money so that's that's still very attractive and that's what pillar two was about but pillar three when i talk about passive income i'm talking specifically about you having your own business on the side that is generating you income and when it comes to passive income i'm talking about in business where you're not trading your hours for money 
So in the previous example where you're a freelancer, let's say, well, you have billable hours, right? If you work for a client for two hours, you will bill them for two hours. If you didn't work those two hours, you wouldn't bill them for those two hours. And so you would never get that money. With passive income, it's a whole different ballgame where whether you're working on it or not, the product is out there, it's being sold. You could be sleeping and the product could still be getting sold with no involvement on your end. And the money's coming in that way. So that's really uh, an approach that I personally took. And that is something that I do have uh, set up. And I'll talk about that, uh, I think, a lot more in a future podcast episode. If you want to hear more about how I set it up and, and how I did it. But basically, just to give you a really quick uh, rundown as to uh, as to what it was. Essentially, I started a business where I created a video training program for a sport that I was doing. So, you know, it was a hobby, something that's very fun, something I enjoy doing. And I teamed up with some experts of that sport and we created a video training program for it. And now I sell the program online and it's a fully automated process. So for example, no no matter what I'm doing during the day, so I could be sleeping, I could be out with friends, I could be doing whatever that product is still out there and it is being sold on an international level. And there literally are people purchasing it across the world. And I mean, the whole beauty of it is that I don't have to be there to make that money. Unlike a freelancer, for example, where I have a client that I have to invoice and I have to, you know, actually do that actual work all the time in order to get that money at the end of the day. So, I mean, one of the really the beauties of it is, I mean, what I actually like to do every single day when I wake up is I check my smartphone and I look for emails to see how many sales got generated while I was sleeping, which is which really never gets old. And it drives my wife a little crazy because that's kind of the first thing I do as soon as I wake up. But I mean, it just it just doesn't get old to wake up and look on your phone and say, wow, while I was sleeping somebody in, I don't know, someone across the world in a different time zone was looking into how to do the sport and they saw the product that I was selling and they purchased it. And I just made money while I was sleeping, literally. I mean, that that's amazing. That's I, I can't express how enough how amazing of a, of a feeling that is and how nice it is to have that money coming in on the side. So then, you know, I currently, after that, I, I you know, I get up, I go to work and while I'm at work, so actually, you know, in a more traditional kind of context, I am still uh, making money in that other business, even though I'm working on a completely other business. So it's, you know, I, I, so in a way, I'm, I'm really amplifying the income that I'm generating, because not only do I have sort of a regular type job, but I'm also making money on the side through the other business without actually doing anything. Now, don't get me wrong, it took a lot of time and effort to learn how to do this. I definitely don't want to make it seem like, I just kind of woke up one day, you know, spent a weekend creating a website and and building some product, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm some multi-millionaire that's that's retired now and you know living on the beach somewhere. I mean, that's that's definitely not the case, right? I mean, I'm not making millions of dollars with this thing, right? I'm I'm not uh, I'm not saying it was necessarily easy. I mean, it, 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 it like with anything, I mean, you did take some time to learn and and how to do all of it and how to set everything up and and perseverance. And then you know, even after you make the product, you have to learn how to actually uh, market it, right? So I mean, it's not you know. It's not some freebie thing that you're going to get. It's not one of those get-rich-quick schemes, you know, that you hear about, right? It's, it's definitely nothing like that. But the beauty of it was that once I did it, once it got all automated, it, it was great. I mean, it started paying 
for all my fun things. Uh, for example, if I wanted to go out to eat, the profits that the business made, you know, I could spend them on that. If I wanted some new techie toy, I could spend the money on that, right? So, I mean, it was this extra side income that I was making that was basically paying for all the fun little things I wanted to do and all the money I was making, you know, on a regular basis in my sort of day-to-day type work, I mean, that could go towards paying down the mortgage quicker, getting ready for investments, things of that nature. So it's, it was really, really nice. And then the money kept growing and growing and growing. And eventually it wasn't just, you know, paying to go out to eat. It was paying for a portion of our vacations and almost our whole vacation at some point. And then it kept going and going and going. And then eventually when we bought a house recently, for example, I was able to use a lot of the money that that side business made and use it towards a down payment on our new house, which was huge. It was it was huge. Um, and in Canada, actually, there are there's it's called the um, the mortgage insurance fees, where if you don't have currently if you don't have twenty percent set for a down payment for a house, you have to get mortgage insurance. And this mortgage insurance is in the thousands of dollars. And so I. I don't want to pay that, you know, I'm sure you don't either, no one wants to pay an extra several thousand dollars on top of what they're already paying to buy a house, just to be able to own a house, and so to getting that 20% down payment was very, very important for me, I don't want to throw thousands of dollars away, well, because I had the side business that was making this money, I was able to reach that 20% much, much easier, well, I was able to do it, I mean, if I wasn't for the side business, we would not have been able to reach that 20%, I mean, we definitely wouldn't, so I mean, it, it, it was great. It was great. It was unbelievable. And that never gets old. I mean, when you're able to, to do that with a side income. And so in this podcast, I wanted to also share if, you, if this is something that interests you, whether it's the active income I was speaking about earlier or this passive income that I'm currently doing that's generating this extra money on the side, that's something I can share with you as well. What I did, uh, what I've done, what I'm working on, what's working, what's not working, so that if you do want to also have something similar in, in your own life that you can basically use me as a resource to set something like that up for yourself. So this is something that I definitely will be sharing with you in future episodes. I can go into more details about how I did it, what worked, what didn't, common mistakes I made, what you should be looking for if you're looking to do something like this as well for yourself. And, and I mean, this is a very, um, it's it's quite the opportunity. There really isn't a certain set amount of time you have to dedicate to it. I mean, it definitely does take work. There is a learning curve, but I mean, you can do it at your own pace. You can just go along, you keep learning, put one foot in front of the other, just, you know, you keep going. And eventually you could also generate a nice passive income business that basically generates money for you. And that can pay for all your fun things, can pay for your vacations, can help you uh, get a down payment on your house, like it was in my case. Definitely something that that is completely attainable. And so really that's, I really want to have this as the, the third pillar of this podcast because I really can't imagine how if, if you're already doing a certain hobby, something you really like, something you're really passionate about, I don't know, maybe it's snowboarding or, or I don't know, scrapbooking or I don't know, it could be anything. If you're really passionate about it and you already know a lot about it, why not put some extra work into it and have a way to monetize it so that you are able to retire early, so that you are able to have another source to, I don't know, save up for your your child's university or maybe just to have us fund money or, I don't know, pay off your mortgage quicker. I mean, there's so, I don't see why you wouldn't want to do that. It's, it's, it's there, the opportunity's there and I can definitely help you get there as well and uh, hopefully bring on some other experts as well 
who will be able to share their own experiences with you. And in fact, if you are one of these people that have also done something like this, definitely feel free to, to get in touch with me. We'd love to have you on the show and you can share your own experience and we can this way learn from each other as well. Uh, there's always more to learn in this world and uh, this is definitely, I think, a great place uh, to do it as well. All right, that's all for this week for the Build Wealth Canada podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining me here. If you like this podcast and would like more information, whether it's on getting rid of debt quicker, learning how to manage your money better, learning about investments, or about building a side income, definitely come check out more free content on the Build Wealth Canada website. And to get there, it's just buildwealthcanada.ca. That's buildwealthcanada.ca. You can go on there, you can sign up, and I will send you all new content as it comes out, whether it's videos, whether it's new podcast episodes, anything really that I think could help us grow our wealth together here in Canada. And if you are an iTunes user, I would definitely appreciate it if you went on to your iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, gave it a favorable rating. I think that would really help a lot with securing better and better guests for future episodes of this podcast. And speaking of that, if you do want to see certain guests on the show, definitely let me know. And if there are any sort of questions or any sort of topics that you would like covered in future episodes, definitely let me know. And to do that, just go to the buildwealthcanada.ca website, sign up for the newsletter. When you do that, you'll you'll get my email and you can basically email me directly. I read all the emails, I'll check it out and we'll see if we can get your question answered, get any sort of guests that you would like to have on the show as well. All right, so head over to buildwealthcanada.ca, sign up, stay in touch, join the community. And like I said, if you are an iTunes user, I would definitely appreciate your subscription and your positive review on iTunes too. All right, so I'll see you on Build Wealth Canada. And talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.